are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, what's up? Hey. This is episode 17, and Out Now is a film podcast which has Abe and I discussing movies weekly. We also bring a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results, and predictions, and uh, we have some retro reviews that have to do with the main feature of the week and other fun stuff. The main feature of the week is something we've been... It's a movie, all right. It's Transformers Dark of the Moon, sans Pink Floyd. And this is going to be epic, I have a feeling. And because it's so epic, I've decided to include two guests this week. So we have former guests, Alan Aguilera. Hello. And Jordan Grout. Hello. Great. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, thanks. I'm doing pretty well on this 4th of July holiday weekend. Nice. I hope you guys are ready to talk about giant freaking robots, because <laughs> that's the tone here. We're going to shove some cubes in our chests and roll out, so let's do this. A few announcements. <laughs> yes, um, that sounded so I nasty. Don't, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a few announcements. Um, we, again, because I'll just keep teasing this, there there's something big that's going to happen in the month of July that involves the podcast about now and where you can be able to locate it. And that's the end of that. Um, the other thing um, <laughs> we've been doing, I've been doing, I don't pay enough. Uh, I don't put enough acknowledgement on this, but we've been having a uh, music uh, introing and closing our show for the past, uh, you know, 10 episodes or so. And I've really, I've enjoyed that a lot. And it comes down to how well Abe is maturing as a fantastic podcast editor. And I uh, just, I, I really enjoy having music in the show, and I like that part. So, just saying. So now let's uh let's know our guest a little bit. We got we got we got two guests with us tonight, and we like having this this little fun pregame here. So uh, I got five questions. Both of you guys can answer these. Favorite Michael Bay movie minus The Rock. Bad Boys Two. Armageddon. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Favorite Transformer. Soundwave. Character. Um, Ironhide. All right. Favorite quote from a Michael Bay movie? It's from Armageddon. Um, I try to remember it verbatim, but it's the one that Steve Buscemi says where, hey, we're sitting on 120 million pounds of fuel with million of intricate parts built by the lowest bidder. How does that make you feel? I just thought that was always really funny as a kid because it's kind of true. I really couldn't think of any other quote that is fun, like smart and funny, because everything else is just kind of dumb. And I can't, and, I, and honestly, the entire script of The Rock, but I don't want to count that. <laughs> From uh, Bad Boys 2, uh, you ever made love to a man? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite July 4th movie? Do you mean like a movie that takes place around July 4th or like a movie that came out during July 4th? Uh, either. The Sandlot? Nice. Cool. Oh, that's a good one. Men in Black. Nice. nice. Big Willie Weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, finally, favorite July 4th activity? Uh, calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> Scoping out the babes at the beach. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. It's just eating. Like, if you, if you know what it looks like, it's eating. I like eating. Right. <laughs> Abe, do you have a question? Cal or Stanford? Stanford. Boo. Yeah, ditto. Boo. Ooh, I feel your hate. You guys both suck. 
We mark those on the tally board for guests that we can invite back to the show. And uh, let's go on. Okay. So let's talk about some movie trailers this week. Uh, first up, Abe, why don't you bring up the first trailer? Sure. The first trailer this week is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, starring our familiar friend Tom Cruise. Not friend of the show like Cal Chandler, I might add. Nope. But not yet. Yeah, not yet, at least. <laughs> um, and uh, having a, another uh, plethora of uh, actors that uh, are his... His IMF teammates. His IMF teammates. And uh, in this one, I didn't really get a sense of what the plot was about. Just something about the Kremlin blowing up. But uh, looks like it's going to be another uh, action-packed thing. And I like that Jeremy Renner is in this film. Uh, thoughts from you guys? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like another, oh, they're on the run again. Oh, my God. And But there's no Ving Rhames. I didn't see him in the trailer. He's, he's listed in the cast. Is he? Yes. Huh. But, you know... Like to me, it seems like they're just recycling the the previous movies, but it still looks like a lot of fun. And um, I, I I love um, both Jim uh, Renner and uh, Tom Wilkinson. I think they're a good addition. So uh, Simon, yeah, Simon Pegg's still around too. Yeah, it looks like he's uh running around getting his uh he's getting his action on in this one. Yeah, he is. He's shooting. And shooting. Uh, Josh Holloway Sawyer from Lost is in this one too. Apparently, I never watched Lost. What? <laughs> I've never seen it, so I've lost. Alan, th- any thoughts? Yeah, Brad Bird. I'm pumped. Exactly. There we oh, go. Like he's done some my favorite. He's done all my favorite Pixar movies, and now he's directing his live action. I'm so pumped. Yeah, we'll, we'll cl- let's clarify this a bit. Brad Bird is the director of The Incredibles, Ratatouille, and The Iron Giant. Um, and uh, yeah, this is his for, this is his big live action film debut, and so that has many people that are in love with Brad Bird, which is quite a few. Um, pumped i i think yes. it's certainly a trailer that markets it to the masses and not like i mean how, how else do you market this movie <laughs> like yeah. they didn't they, they, they didn't have the mission impossible mute like they had like bits of it but they didn't have like the actual theme in it so that was kind of <laughs> no they had a, they had the theme like right at the end for they, I know, yeah they had like that they had like a version of it they didn't have like the standard theme. oh yeah i don't think it's the uh i don't think it's the best trailer in terms of like how to sell this big action movie that's coming yeah. out in december for some reason but um I, I do know that I, I believe Jim, Jeremy Renner, like, they're planning on, like, the idea is that he will take over the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh-huh. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's, like, he'll be the next, like, the lead of the franchise and take the reins from Tom Cruise. So, mm, Gotcha. Mm. His name will be Ethan Munt. Yeah, that yeah, was, that, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's that's why you're a writer, right? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. So Jeremy Renner is taking over the MI series and is he, isn't he going to be the newborn? Really? Um, he, he hasn't been chosen. He hasn't been chosen, has he? Oh yeah, he was like the runner-up though. Oh wait, who who was it? Because I'm dumb. Anybody know? Yeah. Is he? All right. Well, never actually, mind. no. You know what? It's so right now it says that he is in born as well. So that would that is a little weird. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's IMF and he's going to be reborn. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. But Jeremy Renner is very popular. Andy's hot good. guy. So yeah, good for Andy him. Good for him. Yeah. You, you, you know what they say, you're either SWAT or you're not, so. Wow. <laughs> he's still going to play, he still plays the same character in every movie. He's that rebel that kind of just does what he wants and has really good aim. <laughs> nice. Yeah, SWAT, all these movies, same guy. Well, he does good. Down. He, does down. Good he does it well, though. Yeah. So, yeah, Mission Impossible, uh, sorry, Tom Clancy's Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol comes out in uh, December 16th. Oh, wait, I didn't mention this. Um, it's shot with IMAX cameras, like a lot of the scenes are, similar to Dark Knight or um, 
uh, second second Transformers movie. Did anybody see this the trailer in IMAX by chance? I did. It looked great. You did right? Yeah, it, it looked fantastic. Like the, the last sequence of that movie involves him on the tallest building in the world, Tom Cruise, yeah. and looking at the using the IMAX cameras. It's like, yep, this is why IMAX cameras are cool in live action movies. So I'm looking forward to that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, yeah, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol comes out December 16th, along with, I believe, Sherlock Holmes comes out, like, on that same day. So somebody's probably going to play chicken. Um, uh, Alan, why don't we talk about the next trailer, which I believe you just watched. I just watched it two seconds ago. It's the new Steven Spielberg trailer called War Horse. From what I gather, because I wasn't able to read in the synopsis, it takes place in World War II, World War One. Mm-hmm. From what I see from the trailer, it looks like that horse is going to cause some havoc. It's oh, a trench runner. Pretty- yeah. <laughs> He's a crazy horse. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, so uh, I, I, just, I just saw it, and it looks really pretty. I kind of want to just take pictures of it. Um, but I'm pumped because of Steven Spielberg, and whenever I hear that Steven Spielberg is going to do a new movie, I tend not to look into it at all until it comes out because mm-hmm. I, just, I just trust the dude. Um, so I'm pumped. But it's just weird that it, he's putting out two movies this year, and they're each like a week apart or like yeah. two weeks apart. Yeah, I have a feeling one of them will probably. Well, I don't know. Spielberg tends to when he sets a date, he probably he pretty much sets a date. So we'll see. I mean, I do like when he has two movies coming <laughs> Never out. Never backs two, down. When he, God, when he uh, when he has two movies coming out in the same year, that all that generally means that he's working like his ass off because you know he does he did what War of the Worlds and uh, Munich Munich the Munich. same year he did yeah. Catch Catch Me If You Can and Minority Report in the same year. Oh, that's right. Uh, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. I'm sure a few people heard of those movies. Um, but he also did, did Lost, a Lost World, Lost World and, and Amistad. So Amistad. Yeah, yeah. Not the best combo, but I mean, I I, I admire Stewart when he like when he's just working overtime and really trying to pump these things out. So this year we got War Horse and Tintin. So that's going to be something. <laughs> and it certainly has a good. It has a it has a great cast list of character actors. We got Tom Hiddleston, Loki. From Thor nice. that featured ice giants, <laughs> um, Emily Watson, David Thewlis, Eddie Marzen, Peter Mullen. Jesus, it's, a, it's like this. Yeah, this is such an obscure list of people to read for only like so many people to get. And uh, oh, it also has Benedict Cumberbatch, the Sherlock Holmes on the BBC series, which I swear that's like the most English name I've ever heard. Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> unless his middle name was like Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, no, the movie sure has a pedigree. There are oh. a few. There's um, Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. Oh, <laughs> wow. There you go. Yahtzee. That was Congratulations. What did, uh, what, Abe, what did you think of the trailer? Uh, it's a movie about a horse, so I'm not really too, like, eh. But, yeah, I, I, it does look really nice, like, cinematography-wise. Um, I think there was, like, this really quick snippet of these guys just mounting, like, tons of horses like in this field. I was like, wow, that's a really nice shot. For the most part, I'm not too sure where, where this movie's going to go, but... I trust Steven Spielberg, so I um, I think that it's gonna oh, have yeah. a, a it'll be revealed to me, and I'll just be like, wow, this is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't react to it the same way I did with a Tintin, but um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be good. I, I have faith, and uh, it's it's always good to hear a John Williams score. So that's, yeah, that's sure. always yeah. worth the price of admission by itself. So I'm I, I'm sure it's gonna get so many Oscar nominations too. It's it's just one of those movies where you can tell everyone's gonna fall in love with it and come out weeping so yeah well, like, it's a new benedict timothy carlton cumberbatch movie <laughs> so the masses will flock to it i'm sure <laughs> okay so yeah uh, war horse comes out december 28th it's like about a week after uh 
the Adventures of Tintin, Secret of the Unicorn. There's another fun title comes out. And uh, yeah, Mission Impossible comes out the 16th. So quite, we're, we're getting towards that that Christmas period. We're going to see all these trailers for these movies coming out in the, the holiday season. And man, it's it's a stacked list. Speaking of heavy hitters, let's, uh, let's get into Transformers now. And I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. So here we go. took over the planet. You'll be fine. I promise. It's over. I'm sorry, but it's over. Okay, so that was the trailer for uh, Transformers. Was that part of the trailer Dark too? The that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was that was John Turturro. Um, he he came by and said that. Um, so yeah, Transformers: Dark of the Moon, the uh, third in the Transformers, the live-action Transformers franchise from director Michael Bay. It's starring Jesus, uh, Shia LaBeouf, John Turturro <laughs> for whatever reason, Tyrese Gibson, Josh Duhamel, Francis McDormand, John Malkovich, uh, McDreamy, and a host of others. <laughs> So, um, yep, this, uh, this latest installment, this time, um, we, uh, we go back, we go back a little bit to 1961 and find out that a spaceship crash landed on the moon known as the Ark, which came from the planet Cybertron. And of course, this is what actually caused the space race to happen. And so U.S. forces eventually made their way to, to see what's going on on the moon. And it turns out, yep, we got, we got robots there, but, uh, that's a secret for a while. So, so we'll, we'll get back to that. But in present day, we now have a uh, Sam Witwicky, the beef, and he's, a. Uh, He's looking for a job. He's got out of college. He broke up with his bitchy girlfriend, um, Megan Fox, and uh, now he, he he traded in for someone for a hotter model, I guess, uh, Rosie Huntington Whitley, an actual model. And um, yeah, so now he's looking for a job. He's he's a little upset that he's been the world savior twice with the help of his Autobot friends who are all, all on missions all the time. But he's not getting the respect he deserves. He's a real he's a young Rodney Dangerfield apparently. And uh, so and uh, meanwhile, now we have a. Uh, Autobots still finding Decepticons and hunting them down, but they discovered that there was a piece of this arc thing that was on Earth, and they're like, what What the hell's going on? So they, uh, they consult with the Secretary of Defense, played by Frances McDormand, and she alerts them that there was a lot of top-secret things going on, and uh, looks like things are about to get a lot heavier, as uh, the Decepticons seem to be regrouping, thanks to uh, oh, the rise of Megatron again, and some other things that are happening on the moon. And basically what's going to go on next is total domination by Decepticons as they come to take over planet Earth and possibly bring their planet Cybertron back to life using all kinds of secret weapons that they had hidden on the moon. Of course, Transformers has so much mythology related to Earth, apparently. But we'll see what happens as Shia and all his, his army buddies and whatnot try to use the Autobots once again to take on the Decepticons and and fight for what is good. So, with that lengthy dis- uh, description of the Transformers 3 plot, which is oh so important to this franchise, Alan, let's start with you. What did you think of Transformers Dark of the Moon? And uh, some brief thoughts here. It's better than the second one. 
Um, but I, uh, I just, it's still a terrible movie. <laughs> like it's really fun, I guess. Sometimes. Let me I pause just, you for a second. How many times have you seen it so far? I've seen it twice. Okay. I feel really guilty about it. Um, well, no, I saw it the first time, and I saw it at midnight, and I was like, what did I just watch? And then my brother bought me a ticket to go see it in 3D, and I liked it better the second time around. I, it, I forgave a lot more because I realized it's not part two. But <laughs> the action sequences were still great, but there's 97 minutes of why am I watching this? <laughs> there's no need for the, the – the last 45 minutes were so – pornographically amazing like i was just ecstatic with what was happening on screen then the first 20 minutes was all like history and all fun then the 97 minutes in the middle had nothing to do with the rest of the movie really like all those consequences they built up didn't really matter and the decepticons plan there's just a lot of stuff didn't make sense but i just want to get to a place if i ever to be a director where i can make a terrible film and everybody just goes it's a it's it's an alan aguilera film it's fine just don't worry about it don't 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 review it's fine it'll make millions of dollars or maybe even a billion just don't don't take it seriously it's not like a movie or anything okay <laughs> all right George, George, jordan why, why don't you go and talk about your thoughts oh man yeah okay i enjoyed it i, I actually saw it twice and because i i love the, the last half even though the last half and i want to get to the battle later on it's such a a bizarrely constructed sequence towards the end, but it's still entertaining. Like watching it, I just didn't care. But like afterwards, walking out, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Well, but and I started like trying to fill in all the holes, and there are just so many holes in this movie. Like more so, I feel than the last one, and it is just a horrible piece of shit. But <laughs> it's 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 entertaining, and I'll give it that. It's entertaining, and I saw it in the uh, IMAX 3D. And it looked amazing. I, I thought I, I enjoyed 3D much more than I did with uh, Avatar. And I, I'm sure people will disagree. But I thought the 3D and the way he used it um, was, was uh, much more successful than Avatar. And, you know, I, I could see the action. So I guess that's a point for uh, Michael Bay. But take the main character, Optimus. He's probably the worst warrior ever <laughs> like on, on film ever to be seen. If, if you go through his whole history, like in the first one, he he almost dies and Sam saves his life. In the second one, he dies and comes back and has some jetpack. And in this one, he gets tangled up for like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's, we'll, get, we'll get back to that later. But Abe, why don't you go over his brief thoughts? Uh, I think I'm there with Alan. It's, it's essentially, uh, this was a bad movie, uh, but the action sequences are awesome. The robot stuff was awesome. And I think it's been a running theme this summer, or at least with our podcast, which is just like uh, with the Thor and the Green Lantern thing. It's just like when they're on a different planet, but in this case, when they're just focusing on the robots, the Autobots and the Decepticons, it's awesome. When they're focused on something else, it's really terrible. And it's just, this movie was just really long. I, I actually didn't like that it was super long. And there are great sequences of them doing a whole lot of nothing. And again, I, even like some of the, like even the last five sequence, I was, I was just like, oh, I wish that they, they had extended like this part, but uh, kept everything else shorter. And there's too many storylines in this movie at all, or for, for this movie, um, even for like a Michael Bay film, it was kind of just weird that he had like so many different characters and so many different storylines. But for the most part, um, in summation, I guess, it was a bad film, but I enjoyed all the robot scenes. All right. I'll, I'll go. Um, 
I'll start with this. I, I heard like a few weeks before the movie came out that it was 134 minutes. So I was, I was kind of happy. I was like, all right, it's going to be somewhat shorter. It looks like Michael Bay's tightened up. Nope, it's 154 minutes. Somebody misspoke. And uh, yeah, it feels like 100. It doesn't feel like it's breathlessly paced, that's for sure. I can say that the action sequence at the end, which is what everyone's going to praise, is to get that 45-hour-long minute, like, nonstop, like, Black Hawk Down sequence of just total, like, Autobot versus Decepticons mixed with some army stuff. That's all, like, that's all... There's a lot of well-staged sequences there. We can talk about how well-constructed they are later, but there's a lot of really cool things to look at. But, yeah, the first, the first hour and a half, or hour and whatever, it's just so, it's so bad. There's so many random, like, actor choices in this movie. Like, why is Ken Jeong in this movie? What, what yeah. is going, why is he here? Why why is John Malkovich here? Why why are Francis McDormand, John Malkovich, and John Totero in this movie? Why is there like a mini Coen Brothers movie inside Michael Bay's Transformers? <laughs> I about that too. Like what's and then happening? I thought, what, is one of those little robot voices voiced by Steve Buscemi? But it, it was. It might as well be right. Why has Steve Buscemi been in here? He's been in other Michael Bay movies. He figured he'd show up for this one just to complete the trifecta yeah. of having as many obscure, talented character actors taking paychecks as he can. But well, yeah, he's gone on record as, as saying that he loves the Coen Brother films and he loves their sense of humor. And I felt at times during this movie, he tried he tried to imitate them, and like it just falls flat. Yeah, he tried to imitate um, the Lady Killers and not something better, I guess. But ah, <laughs> uh, this the the whole like first. There's so much. There's so much going on. The first hour that you just don't care about at all. I didn't, like. I don't care about Shia's plight to like become get a job and like feel important. These these, these aren't characters. Just pe- like it, it's stuff that you shouldn't like worry about because it's a, it's a live action Transformers movie. But it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Like this, it's just still annoying that like these. There's just it's horrible screenwriting and it's a horrible. Yeah. Purpose. There is such thing as making good summer action movies, and we've seen good summer action movies so far. This isn't one of them. Yet it still looks amazing, and I saw it also in IMAX 3D, and I can't complain about that. It's a great experience to see it. The freaking like the squirrel suit scene through Chicago, where they're like flying through like the buildings. It's where they and they actually did that. It's like why is this? He, he gets he can he's able to do this and he has the money to make it look great but god everything framing this is just poor <laughs> so, yeah. oh, like a comic relief but when like 70 percent of of your characters are comic relief yeah. it's like come on i had a huge problem with that Every too character. that's the other thing yeah this movie tries so hard to be funny and it's just oh <laughs> i will give shia labeef this though i liked his uh even steven's uh, impersonations again because uh, that was fun but like I, I could deal without the uh, what Aaron had said you know like the plight to to be somebody important or to even just get a job like uh, who cares like that does not further I, I can anything. understand like why I can understand why it's there but yeah it's just I think she, I think honestly I think shy is kind of a dick in this movie like oh I, clearly I think clearly. in the pre I think in the previous two movies he's a lot more likable and this one at, le- at least during like the first like the whole plot involving him he's kind of a dick throughout this movie until the end when he like shows a little bit of action chops which is kind of cool like he gets to be in on the, the fighting and stuff so that was kind of interesting but i mean yeah he's not a very likable lead this time around which no not at all no and you could have left um like john malkovich and ken jong on like the cutting room floor and yeah. no yeah, yeah. Ever known the difference. you could have left no his reason. parents on the cutting room floor there was no need for them either well yeah I can I can see I think people like the parents enough that that's why they but they're on that's the screen for like they're three not, minutes. They're not yeah they're not even there 
very much. So, I mean, clearly it seems like they're added as, like, a last... It's like, oh, wait, we need to get the parents in here somewhere because people like them. They're funny. But, like, yeah, there's no there's no need for them. There's no need for Malkovich. There's no... There's God... There's God... There's no need for Ken Jeong. He's so... It's... Can't He's offensive is what I, he is. I, I, I like, I <laughs> I like, like Ken him, Jeong. though. I mean... I like him. I, I like him on Community, and I like... He's funny enough in The Hangover. And, yeah. But, I mean... Why is he in Transformers three? Yeah. Like I can say, oh, I did like Alan Tudyk school in this movie. I liked, I liked seeing. Oh, he was cute. He had, a, he yeah. had a genuinely funny moment. Yeah. But there's still no need for him either. I don't under, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, Alan Tudyk comes from a, a Firefly flame, among other just really good comic relief roles. Uh, he he comes in as John Turturro. <laughs> I can't, I can't, John Turturro's assistant. Yeah, he's 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 having fun there. <laughs> At least John Turturro's not as present in this film, I guess. Is that fair? Yeah, he's in a wheelchair for, like, the last half of the movie. Yeah. Let's get to some points here. There's a lot of explosions. There are, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, a uh, point I like to bring up is that uh, I think I could actually... I really like that beginning sequence uh, of the the battle on uh, Cybertron. I think that if they actually did, like, a, a prequel thing where it was, just, like, Robot Wars, it would actually be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But, uh, unfortunately, they... They cut that out. And uh, one other thing that I'll bring up, too, is I didn't like how this summer is kind of like rewriting history. So kids who watch these movies are going to think that we went to the moon because there are robots. And also that <laughs> the Cuban Missile Crisis was stopped by mutants. So Oh, yeah, yeah. I, tweet, I tweeted this. Uh, oh, did yeah, you? JFK did nothing. Yeah, JF, JFK. And I'll credit to uh, Ken for this one because he helped me with this. But uh, JFK did nothing, apparently, during his term <laughs> because mutants are, mutants are responsible for the uh, human missile crisis. They're stopping that. And uh, Transformers were the cause of the space race. Right. So, But but I do think that JFK actually pref- was a better actor in First Class. I think he believed in that material more than he believed in First Class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I yeah, it. I he's agree really, with he's that. really doing Transformers for the paycheck. Oh, God. But what did you guys think of the, uh, the uh, Cybertron sequence? That's cool. Oh yeah, I loved it. Honestly, I hardly remember it. <laughs> it came it came two hours and forty minutes before the rest <laughs> of the movie, so I, I couldn't really remember much yeah. of it. Right, the whole prologue, I felt like set a really good yeah. uh, mood for the movie, and then the next scene just cheapened it with like the silly robots and his stupid girlfriend and like that whole subplot. What did you uh, What did you guys think of Whitley versus Megan Fox? I think that she was kind of just. They gave her really dumb lines, and they kind of, I think they expected a lot out of her, but she really didn't deliver anything. But at least for Megan Fox, it was like, I don't think that she actually had that many lines, so. Yeah, like, I think in the other two movies, Megan Fox was just kind of there. In Mm -hmm. this one, Wheatley's more like, hey, or no, what's her name? Uh, Rose Huntington Whitley. Whitley, yeah, Whitley was just, like, more involved in the plot and all this other fun. And honestly, I, she was just like the, she's just like the movie. She's pretty to look at, but there's kind of nothing there. Yeah, so she was fine. She was passable. That reminds me of uh, something that Mark said. I think uh, he said it last week. Was like where they they put glasses on the pretty girl and they expect her to be like a scientist. (laughs) And I was like, that's exactly what they did in the White House. So uh, kudos to you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she did have that scene where she has like glasses on and she's in the White House. Yeah, clearly she has like a master's in poli sci. So we had uh, we had we had returning cast members, of course. We had Tyrese was back eventually, and. I think I thought oh, he had, okay. I thought he had really quick, to do this thing. Really quick. When Tyrese showed up and he had that old muscle car, yeah. I was just like crossing my fingers, my toes, my eyes that the rest of the Fast Five team would show up. <laughs> <laughs> I was pumped. I was like in my, like that woke me up. I was like, this is going to happen. 
I don't care how it's possible. I want it to happen. I want Sean Walker and Vin Diesel just to go and just, oh, that that's a movie I want to see. I'd love, I'd love to see that crossover. I was also hoping I would see uh, Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry show up from Bad Boys at some point and Mike Lowry possibly here. make the shit more real. Than- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ty- Tyrese came in and like it, it took a while for him. He, I guess he's retired from like the group yeah. of Josh Duhamel and so. But like usually he's playing, he was kind of playing like second fiddle to Demel in the past movies. But I thought he was, I, I like, I liked him in this movie. He had like his own team going, and they, I, th- I thought that human element was actually kind of fun towards the, towards the end. But but once again, with, with introducing him, okay, he's like, all right, we're gonna go into the enemy territory, all right, and they get there and they're like, you know, what, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they they kind of changed <laughs> their hard. vibe, but they're like, well, let's go anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh, no one told me this is a five star level. That was like three star. Max. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but all, all the people that he rounded up, those were part of, like, the Nest team, right? I guess they're, like, past members of Nest? Right, except the one guy who's supposed to shoot the um the, the little Rocket transporter man. things. He's, like, freaking out the whole time, like, I didn't sign up for this. And I was like, wait a minute, didn't you do this for years, like, prior? Come on. Yeah, but he was doing it for a paycheck. This time it was just like, why would he, why would he put himself in the collapsing building? I know where he's coming from. He's like, you know, just trying to help a dude. <laughs> Some noble soldier. He was, he was getting too old for that shit on the day. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah no kidding. The shit just got real, and it got old. <laughs> Speaking of shit getting real old, uh, McDreamy was in this movie. And, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Dempsey. And Dude, apparently, like, wow. the Decepticons are, like, now the mafia, where nobody says no to them. Because, like, Patrick, yeah. Patrick Dempsey's, <laughs> yeah. like, parents, or his father are, like, we made a deal, and they were a client. I just inherited them. It's like, what the fuck? Like, when did Megatron become, like, a fucking, like, uh, Robert De Niro in fucking Goodfellas or some shit? So, like, what the fuck is going on with these Decepticons? They're really good at accounting now. They know how to, like, launder money, and what the fuck? Is, what, what else do they know how to do? <laughs> yeah. So can we talk about um, Sentinel Prime? Like, can we give that Oh, away? yes. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent- there's a... Sent- there's a... Sentinel Prime is one of the Autobots who's voiced by Leonard Nimoy in this movie. He was on the moon in, like, space hibernation or whatever. Yeah. And he gets down to Earth. And, uh, yeah, he's a major character in the film. But then, okay, can can we give away what happens? To we could go, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't think that's a big spoiler. Okay. So, like, it turns out he made a deal with, like, Megatron to get the transporters to transport, um, what is it, Cybertron to Earth, right? Yes. Okay. So, why are they trying to kill him? And then the prologue, you know, what when because the maybe it was like on on the down low where not everyone on the Decepticon side knew that but Megatron God, had a deal. They, so, they, they were playing it close to the vest. Yeah. Well, really close because he he learns that the war is over. You know, wouldn't he still be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna you know fulfill that 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 deal anymore. Like it's over. He was in space hibernation, so why, why would he still go through with that? I, I didn't understand that either. You're saying you're saying, word is his bond. He's like Scarface. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he has his word and his uh, pillars. That's it. Yes, it's, uh... You're saying that the plot and character development of this movie wasn't good enough for you? You know, it wasn't. Not at all. But you know, I understand. You know, it's a Transformers movie. But some of these plot holes, I feel like, are just so just unforgivable. Whereas the other ones, you know, I I could forgive them. And this one, they're just so blatant. I, I felt like no one really read the screenplay and thought about it there's there's a 
on some coke binge, like, all right, let's go make this movie. Wait, have you ever tried to read a screenplay that's like drawn in crayon? Like, it's just kind of hard. You just kind of green light things. There's a lot of orange and yellow that just boom on it. Yeah. Here's one thing I found interesting that I kind of alluded to. Um, yeah, apparently Transformers have so many, a lot of ties to the you know, to uh, to the world, to Earth. Apparently, they the space the moon like um, what they they launched the Ark and that happened to land on the moon. In mm-hmm. the first film, we found out that the cube happened to be lost and then wound up in the Hoover Dam, or wound up in that spot where the Hoover Dam was built to cover it up. And there's uh, things that destroy the sun that are located inside the pyramids. So Earth is like a just a magnet for Transformer ag- history and activity. That's that's what I've learned. And speaking of magnets, can't we just use magnets and like defeat all the Decepticons? Because <laughs> magnets screw up my TV. Like I can only imagine what happens to like all them. Yeah, they should, that's how they should they should use magnetized bullets. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another question I want to ask you guys. Here it comes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't transporting a huge planet on top of our planet disrupt our gravitational pull and like pull the planet apart they so. have they, they have enough there's enough transformers that they can just push the earth out of the way of the sun <laughs> that was the that was the next that was step three in the plan first step, think... first step was invade earth second second plan was transport cybertron using the pillars and the third step was adjust earth's gravitational pull towards the sun due to heavy cybertron activity yeah <laughs> yeah all of all of that Brilliant. Step four was relaxed. <laughs> and on the fourth was, day, was the, the Decepticons go relaxed. Well, step four was when the humans came in, which was kind of weird. Because what did they expect the humans to yeah, do? Yeah, I wondered about that too. Because like they're gonna enslave the humans, but then uh, they started killing a lot of them too. But yeah. um, there was this part where like these Decepticon like warrior drone planes were shooting these humans, and then like this, these humans turned into like skeletons. I was like, wouldn't they just be pulverized? Uh, well, they, they yeah, <laughs> they, let's talk about that a bit. This movie's kind of dark, right? I mean, there's a lot of death going on in this movie, both robot and human. Things I and brain cells. And brain, and brain cells, yeah. But yeah, like, there's like, basically Chicago gets taken over in this movie. And it gets, like, leveled, essentially. Then, like, ro- basically robots are everywhere. They're, like, blasting humans that are running away. And all that's left is dust and bones, which was both hilarious and and darkly it was, it was like what harold camping the guy who made like may 23rd the end of the world was hoping like just yeah, closed just on the on the sidewalk <laughs> and like really sad music was playing like including like lincoln park songs of course because they like made a deal with Hans zimmer or no not Hans zimmer steve jablonski to like we need to score transformers movies and uh Wait, wait, there's one sad scene I'm thinking of in particular where there's, like, a guy standing on top of a car, and he's, like, staring oh, at the yeah. camera. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. The camera, like, zooms in and, like, passes it by. There's, like, just this guy, like, standing alone, just, like, looking really sad. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of uh, Everybody Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I wish there were more ironic songs in this movie. <laughs> let's uh, talk about that final battle. Okay, yeah, let's go there. My problem with the battle is that it never built up to anything. Like it was, it, it it kind of felt like a dream in a way, where scenes would just begin with no introduction and just cut to another scene, just just randomly. Like like all of a sudden, bumblebees captured. Whereas the previous scene, he was like rescuing everyone from the building and right. yeah yeah, and it, it they would just begin and end in really unnatural places. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I wrote about this a bit in my written review. Um, the, in a in a in a well in a in a perfect action scene, like the best kind of action scene. There's kind of, there's like you said, there's momentum. There's a 
there's an there's an arc to an action scene where it begins, it has a middle, and it ends, and you see how the characters got there based on the geography exactly. and like how the char- which characters are still around and which are not. And this one doesn't. Every action scene in the end seems you could you could pretty much mix it up any way you'd want, and you'd have still the same end result. Yeah, yeah they're so interchangeable. And yeah. I thought of um, uh, Return of the Jedi while watching it, where is that's like the perfect like third act action sequence because it all builds up. You know where everyone's. Um, doing like what their places are and it's it's perfect like each beat just falls so naturally whereas this movie it's it's really forced like okay they're running through this alley oh wait now they're on this building wait now they're driving i was like what the hell is going on here and then optimus is caught for like 20 minutes and wires <laughs> let's yeah let, let's set that up too yeah optimus like comes in he has like a super jetpack on wherever he got that i don't know he has like a he has a trailer yeah he has a trailer that's right yeah optimus Optimus has a weapons trailer now where he has like his battle axe and some swords and you know like a probably like duct tape transformer size. And, Dude, no, but like, honestly, that bottle. was like that was super cool. It was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I, buy, like I buy oh, that okay. toy. Like, after this ends, I'm gonna go to Target and see if I can get it. But he got it. Okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he has his jetpack and he like flies and he's like, he takes down a transport, he takes on some Decepticons and then he gets like trapped in like building wires and he's like trapped there for like 30 minutes. Without, like, yeah. like, all the other transformers are like doing other things and he's just like stuck there. He's like, he's like, he's like, like, he's like hey oh, guys like, in a fridge oh. down there, please come up here and <laughs> cut me loose. Autobots, I need help. Yeah. Like, that sequence took a really long time. And then there's like the, the sequence where Sam is fighting against, I forget who, where he stabs him in the eye. That sequence took a really Especially. long time too. Like, cause they, there was like this really yeah. cool action sequence before they got to that, and then they got to that scene where Sam meets up with like Lennox, which is like Josh Duhamel, and you know they, they have to battle this like stupid robot for like twenty five minutes or something like that, and it was a really long time. And I was just thinking like somebody really didn't edit this at all, so I was kind of pissed yeah. off about that. And then, uh, but about like the final scene, I was like. This is fucking awesome! Like, there's a robot that picks up a different robot's arm, and he just, like, kills somebody, and I'm like, this is, this is retardedly awesome! There's certainly, yeah, inter- like, regardless of, like, how the, the action scenes work as a story, the the way they're made and how they're put together, there's a lot of really cool stuff in this movie. There's, oh, there's yeah. certainly, there, you, like, you get a scene, this isn't even the final action scene, but this is, like, just early on. You have a scene where Bumblebee's riding with Sam in the car, and you have the you have the scene that everyone wants to see, what happens when a Transformer transforms while somebody's inside. And you have, like, Bumblebee jump in the air, transform, Sam's flying through the air, Bumblebee's knocking shit out of the way, then he, like, picks Sam back up and transforms back into a car and keeps going. And it's, that was like, amazing. That, that stuff's awesome. Like That was that's, so that's, good. That's I was so, so into yeah. that scene. Yeah. That's just really cool. And you get you do get like really besides Optimus being stuck and stuff, you do get scenes of Optimus just tearing shit up where you have him you get you get him like going through the streets and with a sword just bashing all these Decepticons back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, yeah, all right, this is the Transformers movie I wanna see. Robots aren't disguised, they're kicking ass, and that's awesome. Oh yeah, no, like there are definitely some like breathtaking scenes in that movie. Like especially when they're jumping off the plane when they're gliding over Chicago and the planes are being destroyed and Oh yeah. That was so much fun, and but the I, I just felt like there aren't enough of those types of scenes. I felt like it could have been there if the emotion was there, but once again, Michael Bay film is not going to be there. And especially with the the last act, once again, like ideas are set up but never really executed. Like you know his truck, when he's like, "Oh, I got to get my my weapons truck," but then you never see that happen. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. There's not much like. There are there aren't yeah there are things that are set up that would be like well this will be the natural way to go and that doesn't yeah. happen There's, yeah and then like how they always come in at like just the right moment to save them 
where each time that happened, I thought, well, why weren't they here at the very beginning of this <laughs> when everyone was in trouble? Like, were they just, like, sitting this out, like, having a sip of water? Like, uh, we'll get them in a few <laughs> few minutes. Energon break, guys. Energon break. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, so who, who saw oh, this? I didn't know they were Teamsters. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> who saw, who's, <laughs> huh, funny. Who, who saw this movie in 3D? I did. I did. I did. Abe, yeah, I did, did yes. You? Okay, yeah, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I did. And I saw it in IMAX 3D, and those. It was uh, let's talk about the the use of IMAX here, the use of 3D cameras. So, so yeah, Michael Bay used he he had a um, uh, James Cameron's Avatar team help him out with shooting this movie in 3D. And honestly, I think that could have that that may have been one of the best things that could have happened to Michael Bay. And it's not just mm-hmm. because we needed to see a Transformers movie in 3D, which uh, we we can give or take on that. But I think it's gr- a great way to restrain Michael Bay in a way. Yeah, we need because, to see the action at least. Exactly, because he has to use these very cumbersome, heavy, and expensive 3D cameras. He can't just be criss, criss, cross, cross, cut, cut, cut all the time. He's got to slow himself down, and he has to make these long, elaborate shots, and you get to actually acknowledge the, the level of detail that's in like how he's choreographed some of these sequences, and it looks like a really good movie. It look, You'd see these long takes of Optimus going through a street and dashing Decepticons apart. That was it's sick, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great that way. So I, I really, I really, I was very happy with the fact that he was able to, I, I, was, I was happy that he was forced to restrain himself. That's That was good to me. But all the restraint he put in towards the last, like, 45 minutes, he kind of just, he tried his damnedest to make up for it in all the talking sequences. That's true. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I almost had to cut between every other word Ken Jeong says, because I want to. <laughs> Don't have to tell me what to do. <laughs> And that's it, Jordan. You said that you like the 3D more than Avatar, right? Yeah, I did actually. I certainly think it's up to that level. Um, mm-hmm. I, Not I, I mean, so much. I mean, obviously, Avatar is far superior film. That's but, kind uh, of that's, hold, that's holding me back from from saying that Transformers is a better 3D movie than Avatar was. But yeah, I would. I certainly agree. It's that it's certainly it's the best live action 3D movie I've seen since yeah. Avatar, hands down. Yeah. I, I enjoyed watching the 3D more than watching the 3D in Avatar. I can give you that. Yeah, that's, there seems there's certainly depth all the time in oh, yeah. Transformers. Well, yeah, like there's a scene where like the demolition crew comes out and like kind of the nest crew that when they come out from like out of the wreckage and they plant the bombs on the different Decepticons, like that was really cool. And that actually reminded oh, yeah. me of Avatar. It looks just like it yeah. because there's one scene and it's just kind of neat. I thought that was just kind of very neat. I have a question. What did the what did um, Ted Hamilton's group of I, call him Ted Hamilton. I don't call him that. I like that. What Tam- oh my god. What did Ted Hamilton's like crew do? Like they flew in. That's sick. But what did they really like I don't think they did anything. Oh, like so they had the snipers. They had which just, I just think it's funny to have snipers against the Decepticon. Like that I think that goes into what Jordan was saying that there's just nothing there's no build up in these arcs of the action sequences. It's just like they yeah, they have that really awesome scene where they jump out of airplanes and they're wearing flying suits and they fly through Chicago. And then you just don't hear about them for like another thirty minutes, and then we get back to them. I go, oh, they're on the streets, and they're still alive apparently, and they have something to do, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're sniping, sniping Decepticons in the face. Them. Like I was thinking that maybe they're just like that quarter that you have, like to say actual size, like as a comparison <laughs> to the grand scope of the entire thing. Uh, I was like, oh, there's a human there, just so you can see. And also, like it's supposed to be like the apocalypse in Chicago, but there's still like people in office buildings. Yeah, I, th- yes. I thought that was stupid too. I was like, haven't they been evacuated for like at least a day or something? It's yeah. at least twelve hours. And at that point, the the, the email is very slow <laughs> in Chicago, so the memo did not get out that everyone. But you know what? Because Batman would have never let this happen. He would have defended his city. Oh yeah, no, he, no, we, well, he'll take care of business next summer. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Let me um, let me talk about one. Th- yeah, here we go. Okay, this is something I, I thought. The first film, 
when we'll talk, I think we'll talk about more Transformers films in the retro view. But the, in the first film, basically that story, the heart of that story, and I would go and I would go on a limb to say that the first Transformers film does have a heart and a soul, opposed to the last two. I think it re- it revolves around Sam and Bumblebee, like a boy in his car. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. that's that Spielberg element. I know Alan can get behind me on that one, where like right. it has, it has like there's a there's something between there's a chemistry between Sam and Bumblebee, and that's that makes up a lot of the spirit of the first one. And I think that's why the first one's a legitimately good movie. Mm-hmm. The second one, that's not there at all. It's just, it, the soul's gone at that point. And then, but the third one, I was hoping maybe like, because it's like a trilogy and the idea is that they're wrapping it up and like probably Shia LaBeouf's not probably not going to be in the next one, assuming that there's a next one. And Michael Bay keeps saying he's not going to do the next one. So you'd think they'd like want to wrap up a story of some kind, some kind of arc that's carried over through the series. And this movie doesn't do that at all. Nope, I, no. I think it would be a much better movie if they did in fact try to have some kind of Sam and Bumblebee wrap, like some kind of full circle element that happened. But unfortunately that just wasn't there. There there was no, none of that kind of thing going on. It's like in the second movie, there wasn't a soul, but in this movie, I think there's is a soul, but it's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's a dick in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, Shia LaBeouf and Sam Woodwicky is kind of an, kind of an asshole, but like Optimus Prime is a bastard. <laughs> He's just a dick to he's just he's just yeah, he was yeah, mean yeah. from the beginning. It's like he woke up on the wrong side of the energon cube. Like it's just he was mad the entire time. It was like, hey, a, it's like going a, through menopause. There's a small subplot involving the autobot the autobots I'm not gonna reveal, I yeah. guess, but it certainly suggests that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like seriously? Someone needs to find a lady. That's all I'm saying. Like he has some built up aggression. He just kinda I don't know. It's like Michael Bay in Autobot form. It was crazy. John Tatero's a dick. Yeah. John, no, they're all mean. Ken Jeong's a serious dick. Francis McDormand's dick. <laughs> like it's yeah. John Malkovich is a dick. Like the only nice person was like Ted Hamilton, I think. Yeah, he seemed to he's Tyrese like... Tyrese was fun. Tyrese and his guys. They were yeah. McDreamy McDreamy was a super dick. Yeah, he was a dreamy dick. He certainly was. Oh, and why Chicago when they transported in Washington DC? Can you yeah, can you talk, can you answer me this question? Where 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 did Sam live? Did he live in Chicago or did he live in DC? He lived in DC. Did okay, because I had no idea. I had like no, I figured that out even on the first reading. Like he lived in DC because that's where his lady lived, and because she was working on some embassy or whatever. And then well, was she so, I thought she was working for McDreamy. And like, yeah, but like, she just had that job. It was weird because like in the screenplay, like oh, I'm sorry, in the crayon drawings, <laughs> like they mentioned that at one point she's like, oh, it's my new boss, but then like there's pictures of them. Or it's early on in the movie, but there's pictures of them like racing. Like, it, did they take yeah. that in the weekend? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. But no, it was like it was centered in DC because even he even said his parents were going to stop in DC. But then, but then they're just in Chicago for like a lot. Like, I had no idea. Like, I could not understand why there were what city they were supposed to be. Why not? Really? Apparently, it's like next right next door. Apparently, it's not like a five, five, six, seven hour drive. It's just like right there. That's what I gathered. Well, like the first one was. Like the Hoover Dam in L.A., right? And then yeah. Revenge of the Fallen, I saw, I still saw that twice, but I don't really remember. Was that in New York at all? No, no Revenge of the Fallen was in uh, Michael Bay University, and then it was in uh, Petra in Egypt. Why would they just go to New York? Because that one's legitimately closer to D.C. It's, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> he's going to go to Chicago because he's like, oh, uh, Nolan wants to do something in Chicago. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> just that you know what? Actually, I think Revenge of the There was some scenes in D.C. No, there was just kind of like, Hey, the robots are here. Let's show it on the big jumbotron thing, DC scenes. But I don't think there, it wasn't like Sam's in DC kind of thing. Oh, did anybody see that? It was kind of like I couldn't tell if people knew that Autobots existed or not. That that seems very very inconsistent. Yeah, because it's like, like wait, yeah, I thought, 
sometimes they're like very discreet about it but then the news is like oh by the way there's an alien threat and uh, the autobots are leaving goodbye like I, yeah i didn't understand they're like oh all right because well, the, sec- the second one they were certainly trying to keep it under wraps that was they, they made that clear but yeah this one yeah i love in the second one when they're like oh okay people can't know about you and then the next scene he's talking to sam like a fucking cemetery yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, like, when Bumblebee busts out of his garage and, like, just starts blowing up shit. And then he's like, oh, nobody saw me, right? I'm going back in the garage. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, the, the uh, okay, you know the um, Decepticons on the moon that they were transporting? The, the Moonicons? Go on. I, I didn't understand why Megatron didn't use those in the first two movies. Like, did they oh, really that, need to be transported? Easy, Megatron's retarded. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah. He can't figure anything out, ever. He has the worst... He is the worst leader... <laughs> I've ever seen. Well, 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 let's let's be let's be let's be a little let's be a little fair. What no. when would no wait when would Megatron have had time to do this? In the first movie, he got he was in ice for like all of it, but then he got killed by Sam and his cube, like before he had a chance to do anything. The th- the second mo- the second movie, he got resurrected, and then like he went like to outer space to find to find the Candyman voicing uh, the what the Fallen, and he's like Fallen, you can do this, right? Let's blow up the sun, bitches. Let's do it. And that didn't work out, so he like went to become the Lion King in Africa, and then that's where he is in the third movie. Although <laughs> so his intro okay. was pretty badass, I did like his intro. There were like stupid <laughs> scenes of like animal shots, and I'm like, I, where are they going with this? There are literally shots that like I'm pretty sure it was shot for shot the intro of the Lion King done in live action. I'm pretty sure that's how they introduced Megatron in this movie. Where Rafiki was, I don't know, but I, like we had it. That's how we introed, and then Megatron's like he's all he's wearing like a hood. Because he's like an assassin now, I guess. And he, no, no, like, it's he's too hot. Sun is too blazing. No, he wore it because he was vain. Yeah, exactly. Covering it's up like, that it's like 110 head. degrees there. It's like he has to cover his his fair robot skin. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't think that Megatron read DQ, GQ. That's crazy. <laughs> like I didn't think he cared that much. Like I wonder what kind of you know, like moisturizer he uses. I'm just fascinated. Like, is it like the Castrol GTX? I'm not sure. Synthetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he uses the same thing I used on my Prius. I got it. Okay, that makes sense. But there was like, there, there was like the part where, uh, where Megatron finds out. Oh, it was like he his ego kind of gets tripped by uh, I forget what her, what her name is, her last name. Pretty face. Yeah, pretty face. Pretty face. Yeah, and it's just oh. like, how did she read their lips? Or like, how does she know what's going on? It's it reminds me of Kung Fu Panda too, where like Kung, uh, where Poe is like on the top of the building and the, the bad guy's like on the river and he's like shouting as as loud as he can. And they show you two <laughs> points of view where it's like Poe is like being giving this heroic speech and the bad guys just like. What's he saying? Because they can't hear at all. And I was just like, man, even Kung Fu Panda 2, an animated feature, knows that you can't do that in a movie. It's like, so I just didn't like how, it's like, oh, Megatron, you know what? You're going to be a Sentinel's bitch. And I was like, where did that come from? How does she know this? And she seemed very clued in on, like, every, like, on the, the Autobot Decepticon backstory. Yeah. yeah. Given her military background of her brother that. going to war. Now, let's get to what... No, her British brother going for the... Uh, it's like had nothing to do with him. It was just funny. Uh. It, it, it rounded out her character. Yeah. Let's get into like one of the most important things here. Robo beards and robo hair. I'm pretty sure that what's um, Sentinel Prime, he had like... He had braided goatee going on with his robo beard. And there was what the little tiny robots that had like glowing robo hair... And there was like an old man robot that had robo glasses. Dude, that, and robot. Awesome. Yeah, dread, yeah, yeah. The predator. Yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, the predator, yeah, old man predator robot. Uh, <laughs> I was calling him Ross Trent. The entire time. <laughs> like I think Aaron, I think you get that. Like yes, I just thought it was Ross Trent the entire time. Yeah, there was certainly the, the rope. They 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 have cert, they have self esteem. That's what I learned. Robots have self esteem too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the scene when um the uh, Decepticon 
like goes in and has like tea with the uh with, with the daughter and then just shoots yeah that was retarded God. i mean right yeah there's a whole like beginning subplot that involves like well, um, what the uh, what's like it tying up loose ends? Yeah, he's like he's assassinating people that knew about like Decepticon <laughs> secrets from the start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, there's like if you want to even call it a plot, I mean, it's just, there's so many stupid holes. It's like, oh, you know what? There's like Russian spies that are missing. Hey, let's go talk to them. Oh, wait, they're gonna tell us everything that they know about this space program from like the 1960s. And it's like, oh, okay, all right. Well, I guess there's no secret there. I guess everyone's just giving up information left and right, so that everyone. And the part that I really like the, the most is like when Sam and those guys are going to go into the city, and like the the scientist robot is like, oh yeah, by the way, here's like some awesome weapons that I developed. Oh yeah, upgrades. It's like, it's like, you you guys have leveled up. Game. It's like, oh yeah, you go to like you know, <laughs> and Link goes into a house, and he he buys like you know the treasure chest with like his ten thousand gold pieces or rubies. She's just like, yeah. Wait, I don't was think anyone you can take into the forest with you? It's like, oh wow, thanks, guy. But wait, was anyone bothered that that Autobot that could create all these new cool weapons was called Q? I I, I didn't notice I didn't, this. Of course, I I yeah, I've only notice. seen it one time so far. So, like, they called him Q. Like, I could I could the both the times I saw it, I could have sworn that he said Q, and it kind of looked like him. I I wanted to stab him. I was like, no, that's not cool. <laughs> I don't. I'm not into that at all. Also, what do you guys think of all the little Star Trek references throughout the film? Yeah, like, oh, they're, like they're watching, watching TV. They're watching TV, and then the yeah, the, the even Bumblebee took some things from Wrath of Khan, where you'll always be my friend, Jim, or you'll always be my friend, but then you know cuts it off. Oh, that's right. And then also, um, Leonard Nimoy actually says the line, "the the needs of the many outweigh the needs right. of the few." Right. Right. So I was like, I want to just at that point, I just want to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who worked on. I just want. I want to punch Leonard Nimoy. Uh, that's not cool. Why would you let them do that? Okay, so we, we've we sufficiently talked about Transformers Dark and Moon. Let's end it by saying a few things positive, because I think we all did enjoy this movie, even though we've just bashed so many things about it for the past hour. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, we did in, we did have a fun time watching the movie for the most part. I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm like 60-40. I, like, yeah. yeah, I'm 60% like I'm, it was, I'm on it was that, boring, I'm on that same and 40% it was like, it was awesome. Like, just the action like, sequences are awesome, but everything else is like, Boring. here's the thing it's a terrible 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 piece of shit <laughs> but i had so much fun watching it that i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to going to see it again because i actually enjoyed it i was like yeah i'll go watch it that's, that's fine like i would probably if the blu-ray's on during like black friday for like eight bucks i'll probably pick it up because it's a good demo disc because i could just watch the last part of it like it's better than pearl harbor like when you're comparing it to other michael bay movies those things are well yeah but if you're comparing it to his little special move like I, it's better than Pearl Harbor. It's better than Revenge of the Fallen. Um, there's a lot of cool things to watch in the movie. Just don't like the middle part with Ken Jeong and all that stuff. I just didn't. I wasn't into. It. And I like Ken Jeong. I like him a lot. But I just he's my friend on Facebook. I just not like a real friend. But anyway, <laughs> like I enjoy him. But I just did not like him in this movie. I didn't like John Malkovich, and I love John Malkovich. I didn't like. Well, Alan Tudyk was fine. Yeah. But I don't like. It's a fun movie. And it's gonna make a lot of money, but I'd rather this make money than pirates. There, I said it. <laughs> I can get, yeah, I'll give you that. Pirates, by the way, is now the what the seventh or eighth biggest movie of all time. Yeah, <laughs> it made a billion dollars it's, today. Not many the... movies have made a billion dollars, but Pirates of the Caribbean four is one of them. Johnny Depp wearing mascara part four made a yeah. billion dollars. Johnny That's... Johnny Depp's ti- Johnny Depp's right behind himself with Alice in Wonderland as having two of the biggest world movies of all time. <laughs> Oh, and he's in fourth place, too, with Dead Man's Chest, which I love that movie, so that doesn't bother me that much. I'm, I'm into Dead Man's Chest. I like that one a lot. All right, oh. awesome. That's a lot of oh, fun. Oh, and also, um, Shockwave. Shockwave was great. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Shockwave. Shockwave yeah, has like he's not only a badass robot, but he has this like super badass like centipede robot that digs things and it's okay. Hold on, there, there's something I didn't bring out. Um, the, the 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 special effects in this movie are phenomenal. Like, oh, I think yeah. we can all agree on that. I oh, think yeah. I think the first movie did a really good job of bringing of grounding the effects in some kind of way for a Transformers movie. Like, there's actual weight to the robots, and there's they tried to make the to make it affect the environment, affect work well and everything. The second movie does not do that. I watched the second movie again before I saw Transformers three, and it they really dropped the ball on like having great effect sequence. Like the robots look really good, but there's no there's nothing to it. There's no there's no one's in danger. You never feel like anything's in danger. This third movie this ups the game. Like you got this robot like digging through the earth and taking down buildings. Like you can you can see the detail and the destruction going on. Like I really admired that aspect of the film a lot. Yeah, and like I said, like some shots are just breathtaking. Like they're worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, for sure. Abe, any last thoughts on Transformers before we get a rating going? Uh that that's it. <laughs> it was just a uh... great constructive as ever. Okay, so each week we try to uh, deliver a uh, like a rating for our movies that we review, and uh, opposed to like a number or a thumbs up or what have you, we try to go from when you should go and see this movie. So we have a rating that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater to Netflix to HBO TV, and then just kind of forget about it. So uh, let's start with Jordan. Where would you put that on that scale? I I go for IMAX. Thank you. Absolutely. No question. Alan? IMAX, but bring a book and a nightlight for the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Abe? That's a Netflix. So that you can skip through like the middle. And just watch it like on a large enough screen, but yeah, there's no way that you need to pay like sixteen dollars for this. Can it at least be a Netflix Blu-ray? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Then we're fine. Then, I, then we're then we're copacetic. Yeah. We're fine. And, and yeah, I, I say IMAX as well. I mean, this, this, I'm gonna I'll, I'll probably see this movie again because it looks fantastic on the biggest screen possible. I mean, that's it's certainly what it was made for, and I admire it. I also, I'm also happy they didn't decide to use IMAX cameras this the right time around because that did not work out for Revenge of the Fallen. And there's always uh, IMAX um, matinee. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, IMAX matinee prices. <laughs> it, only, it only costs you forty nine dollars. <laughs> Honestly, IMAX in Texas. I'm not. I was in Texas on a business trip, and IMAX in Texas is like I went to and I saw Sucker Punch for like eight bucks. I was, I was excited. I was, I was like, yeah, I want my money back, but still. <laughs> It was eight dollars. I was like, all right, it doesn't hurt that bad. Sucker I'm Punch came out this week on Blu-ray, by the way, and uh, I'm sure many people. I don't know where to go with that. I'm just gonna say Sucker Punch came out this week, and it sucked a lot. So I, I'm not. Yeah, gonna... No one should rent it. <laughs> you don't. You probably don't need to see the 18 minutes of extra footage that's also in that movie. I could just probably watch some music videos and be covered. Yeah. So let's get away from Transformers and Sucker Punch for whatever reason, and go on to the box office. Uh, each week we go over the box office totals for the, uh, the film of the week, and we find out if our previous predictions were correct. However, we, we kind of had a mix-up last week. We didn't really pay much of attention to when Transformers came out, so we didn't. I don't think we guessed as accurately as we would have liked to, because Abe and I are sticklers for being accurate when it comes to the box office totals for Transformers. Correct. But uh, Abe, what did you predict last week that Transformers would make? Uh, last week I predicted $99 million. Uh, that was based off of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday account. Okay, and uh, I guessed $110 million. And I honestly just, I just, once again, we didn't really pay attention to, oh yeah, it opens on Wednesday. Well, it opens on Tuesday at nine o'clock and it's a July 4th weekend. So it actually goes from like Wednesday to Monday for what kind of prediction we should really be going for. So it ended up making 162 million so far this, uh, since Tuesday to Sunday, July uh, 3rd here. And it'll probably make another like 30 or something tomorrow, I'd imagine. So it's going to have a pretty penny under its belt. So 
to be more specific, from Friday to Sunday, the movie technically made $97 million. Well, it'd still so, be over. It'd be over, but I mean, you'd still be yeah. closer. But once I didn't really, I didn't think of it as a three-day thing. I just kind of, I just kind of blurted out a number based on, hey, it's a big movie that's opening at a certain amount of time. So I think we're going to call it a wash this week, and uh, we'll just, we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, so there's that. Let's uh, move on to our retro review, where we discuss a couple films that we thought of that relate to uh, the main feature of the week. And uh, Alan, let's start with you. Are there any uh, movies that you could think of? Short Circuit. <laughs> like that's only because I I just went on Star Trek, so it's like it was on my mind. Then the Transformers. It's just like I don't know any robot movie. Batteries not included. That's kind of that's kind of it. And obviously the first couple of Transformers movies. But you know it's hard for me to really. I don't know. Think, oh, Fast Five. I kept thinking Fast Fast Five because <laughs> Tyrese is in it, and I wanted I just wanted that to happen. I kind of don't think about other movies because I don't want to offend other movies when I think of Transformers movies. Oh, I can think of worse movies. So. Oh yeah, me too. But still. Okay, Jordan. Um, I'll go back and say uh, Return of the Jedi. I, just because. I was thinking about that the whole time. That's a solid reference. I like that one. That's a, that's a good example of how things could have gone right if you yeah. had stage action so much better. Yeah. Just every beat in that movie is just perfect. At least the last half. Abe? Nothing in particular. I mean, it wasn't... Because, again, I was kind of kind of annoyed that how by how long it was, so I never really thought of anything. But I will echo Alan's sentiments about Fast Five just because when I saw Tyrese, I was like, oh, wow, I hope that Vin Diesel shows up. Tyrese should be proud. He's going to be in two of the biggest movies of the summer. Yeah. Oh, no, like, yeah, when he had that Charger show up, I was like, Dominic gave him that, I bet. I, bet. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing against Tyrese. He has a nice smile, right? I see a movie with Tyrese and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. I was yeah, like, wow, so you just, like... like... Have you seen Baby Boy, Aaron? I have seen Baby, Baby Boy. Boy. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I was just making a joke, but really? <laughs> It's a good. It's a John. Is it? Yeah, that's a good movie. It's. I've never it's, seen it. it. It's that. That was John Singleton. No, because I like Four Brothers too. I like Tyrese. He's guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He's not bad at all. He's a pretty face. He's a pretty face, but he's. he's I, I like. I like. He is a good authority. I think in, in movies. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, but for a couple of movies I thought of. Uh, Twenty twelve, I thought of actually, just because of the amount of destruction that's going on in this world and the amount of destruction that went on in that world. And because where do you go next? Apparently, Roland Emmerich's going on to make a movie about Shakespeare, and I'm not sure where Michael Bay's going to go after um, leveling everything and making the most epic Transformers movie he can, let alone where Paramount will go without Michael Bay to make the next epic Transformers movie. And, uh, yeah, the other terrible uh, alien invasion movies that have come out in the past year, which includes Skyline and um, Battle, of LA. Battle LA, which is like, Abe and I, we, we, that was our first episode, and we didn't hate that movie. It's just we don't want to see it yeah. again. I guess that's where we came away with that one. How long do you think it will be until they uh, make another Transformers film? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're literally writing up the contract. You know, right they're now. asking, like, some little kindergartners to write up the script right now. Uh, well, they'll do, um, like, what Pirates did is wait, like, Four, five years, how long was it? And then turn it out? That World End was 07, and this is 11, so five years. Yeah, you never know. If it was like an all-CG action fest on like prequels, like if it was like a Cybertron prequel, I'm sure we could probably get behind that. Yeah, I'd actually be interested in that. I don't know where, like, beyond having, like, someone better than Michael, more suited than, better than Michael Bay, more suited than Michael Bay to direct a live-action Transformers movie, I'm not sure where you could go to And the plus, like, not to spoil anything, but there aren't many enemies left for the Transformers to face in the, for a sequel. Property taxes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, Autobots don't give a shit about property taxes. Like, Ironhide just, like, threw stuff in the building just because. Yeah. They'll, just, <laughs> yeah. They'll, start, they'll start exploring Fire other planets. And just blows up. He's like, fuck that shit. <laughs> He's like, 
That was your mom and pop. Don't care. So uh, yeah, let's uh, move away from Transformers for a bit and get into uh, get to game time here. So let's. Uh, I love that. Games here, and I believe we we have two different games going on this time, and I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a uh, with Clued In, which is something we tried to start where we did start last week with a uh, past guest Leah Ducey. Shout out there, and uh, yeah, it's called Clued In, where I'm going to name five clues that will hint at either a character or a movie. And um, you guys get to guess, based on the clues that I give, what that movie or character is. And it's a three strikes you're out rule, so, you know, guess wisely. And I will now give very obscure clues to some type of movie or hint. Uh, the one overall hint that I'll give, because I have two of these, is that it's related to Transformers in some way. Cool. So here is the first uh, one. Wrong future. Argument. Common. Sequel. Digitally altered. Uh, Terminator Salvation. Terminator. Yeah, that was too easy, I guess. Okay, that was good. Common gave it away. Terminator. Was it common? Yeah. I thought it might have been common, too. Yeah. I was I like, common. Smoking Aces or Terminator was, Salvation? See, I didn't know. I, I See, you guys are way more hood than me, because I was thinking about, like, common <laughs> the, like, the rapper. The common sense. or No, no, <laughs> you meant the rapper. I'm not hip. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I think I articulated common too much, so clearly it gave it away. But yeah. I have another one, so here we go. False title. Bomb. Bean, clone, half and half. I was a fan of this one more. Can you give the clues again? False title, bomb, bean, clone, half and half. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Strike one. Oh, no. Watchmen? No. no. I don't Okay. I'm Strike not... two. Yeah, ooh. Mm. False title. By bomb, do you mean like... I don't know. Well, I already have two strikes. I'm just going to say uh, 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 Scott Pogan versus the world. Nope. All right. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm a Dodger. Okay. Kicking Alan off the call now, <laughs> and we'll continue. I have no idea. Okay. It is the island. Oh. False uh. title. There is no islands. Yeah. It was a box office bomb. Spoiler alert. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it's I'm a joking. trailer. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Sean Bean. Clones. Oh, I thought you said beam. Bean. Oh. Yeah, me too. Oops. Because that would have helped, right? Would it? No, not really. <laughs> I would have been thinking about a Mexican. Clones and half a half because it's half an action movie and half a halfway decent movie. No. <laughs> I was thinking half half like Derek um, Creamer versus non Derek Creamer. Speaking of the island, did you notice that they reused the shot from yeah, the island? It, yeah, yeah, have you guys seen that? The, the YouTube clip? Yeah, I didn't see it. Oh, no. it's hilarious. Okay, yeah, Abe, they have a. They, there's scenes from the island, action scenes that are not like not like they reshot them. They're just literally ripped out of the island huh. and then digitally altered to have transformers in them instead. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. I mean, it's not a horrible thing. Like Disney does it all the time. Oh, right? it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. But it's it was still pretty humorous to see that because it's literally like the exact same like shots. All right. But uh, yeah, so that was that was our first game, Abe. So now we're moving into our second game, which is called Taglines. Taglines is a game in which I say three taglines, and the first person to get, I guess, the majority of them correct would win. Um, and this is one of those things where uh, everyone can just answer uh, if they know it. Um, I will be going with more, I guess, popular films, uh, not so obscure ones, which I know Aaron is disappointed with. But uh, all right, here we go. I think you'd all be well matched in this, but go on. <laughs> You won't believe your eye. Oh my god, that sounds so familiar. Right? Um, 
one eye. Hmm. Yep. God, it's gonna yep, be drive me crazy. Yep. Yeah. Don't. No. 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 Okay. Clue. Oh. Is, oh. Is it this millennia? It is. Yes. Okay. Who's like wearing a patch? <laughs> yeah, I'm going through the same thing. Like, okay, that wasn't it. It's not true grit. You know, it's not these. Like, yeah, no, I don't have. Um... Jordan, you anywhere on this? Oh, it's okay. I'm trying to think. Give us a year, because it's... No, 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 no. Okay, okay, yeah. You gotta give us a year. 2001. 2001. Oh, um... Is it... Is it... Uh, Monsters, That Inc.? is correct. Ooh. Oh, hey, nice. Nice. Where was I, Jordan? Uh, Jordan. 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 All right, cool. So Jordan's ahead. All right. This ain't no chick flick. Chicken run? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really okay. clever, though. <laughs> it, was, it was really clever. I just, I didn't, yeah. I don't know how I thought of that so quickly, but go No, on. I thought of it. I was like, no, that's not that it can't be. All right. <laughs> anyway. One dream, four Jamaicans, 20 below zero. Cool running! Come on, <laughs> cool God. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Wait, who, 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 who answered that? Dude, me, Alan. I totally know. Oh, that well, movie. all three of us have one. Yeah, no, no, it's a tiebreaker. Yeah, there's a tiebreaker. Yeah, it's a tiebreaker. Honestly, you you used cool runnings, the most like the obvious tagline. <laughs> Honestly, he had me a dream. I, I was like, I, no, no, I love cool runnings. Don't get me wrong here. Cool running, I have it. It's cool runnings. I can't wait for the Blu-ray and to hear <laughs> John Candy's audio commentary from Beyond the Grave. But <laughs> all right, uh, this one is uh, whoever gets it first. Oh. What you gonna do? Dad, really? Who Dad said that? Aaron? I was. Okay, there you go. Aaron is the winner this week. All right, cool. Games are done now. And that was... That was actually... I like the tagline. That was fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get to uh, what we're going to talk about next week now. And, um, yeah, it's going to be the new comedy Zookeepers with Kevin James. That's a lie. We're not going to talk about oh, that. Like, That's please, no. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is that really coming out next week? Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Okay, so yeah, next week we're not going to talk about the Zookeeper because that would suck. We're going to, we were going to, I was thinking about talking about Horrible Bosses because that does come out next week. But actually, I'm thinking something better would be to talk about just the summer comedies in general. Because there have been quite a few comedies that have come out, actually, this year in general. And, uh, you know, it's hard to do a co- it's hard to do a podcast about a comedy because you're just, it, it, you know, it's subjective. So it's hard to get a whole thing going. But talking about a lot of the very good comedies that come out this year might be, might be fun. So, you know, we'll probably get some of the older guests on as well and. You know, have a good time with that. So we'll see where that goes. But we can still make box off predictions. So uh, let's let's try that out now with uh, horrible bosses. I think horrible bosses would come in. I'm gonna go with third, and it's gonna make uh, 21 million dollars. That's a damn good guess. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you want to make a guess? I'm gonna say second. Okay. With um 24. You're assuming that Transformers will still be number one. I assume. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. No, Larry Crown. Uh, you made my joke. <laughs> oh my god. I saw, I saw Larry Crown the other night, and that movie is terrible. <laughs> it is so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going to... Alan, you go. What do you think is going to do? <laughs> um, never underestimate the power of Kevin James. I think that... I think Horror Boss is coming number three, but I think it'll have a pretty good weekend. Um, I, th- I honestly, like... I work I work in an industry that has a lot of the public and a lot of people are pumped for the zookeeper for some reason. So um <laughs> but a lot of the older people are really pumped for Holbro Bosses, so I think it's probably gonna make like twenty twenty seven. Twenty seven, okay. I'm gonna go with it. Cause... Abe, Abe, what did you guess? Twenty two? Twenty one. Twenty one? I'm gonna guess twenty two in third place. How about that? Alright. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll, this is, this is going to be a close one. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the results on this one. All these obs these obscure ones are more fun to guess. So that will do it for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Um, you can find more of my work at my personal blog site, thecodazeek.com, where you'll find all my written reviews. And I don't plug this enough, actually, but you can also find more of my work at uh, whysoblue.com, which is where I write all my uh, movie reviews as well, and Blu-ray reviews for the guys at Why so Blue because that's a very awesome site that I love working for. Also, you can find me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash Aaron's 3 Abe? Uh, people can find more of my work at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Jordan? Uh, damn Dirty Blog at uh, dot blogspot.com. There's only one article, so, you know, don't expect something great. Oh, I'm sure it's you're working on this blog tirelessly to make it just beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I just I just have a Twitter. Uh, Mr. DVD, MRDVD. And sometimes I write for Bleacher Report, but not often. Oh, cool. I'll make you smile at least twice a day. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And yeah, you can find all of our episodes at outnow.podomatic.com. In the future, there will be something different that I can also plug, but not yet. But we'll be on iTunes soon enough, so ha ha ha, yes. And uh, you can always email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com, where you can write all your hate mail to Abe and constantly mock him for his terrible box office predictions. You could also uh, praise my terrible plot summations of the movies at the top of the show. And you could also comment on our guests and how terrible they're doing because I won't read the emails to them. <laughs> um, you could also find us on facebook.com slash outnowpodcast where you can feel free to like our page and find whatever links to the episodes we have and other, you know, fun things that we post occasionally. And uh, yeah, once we get up to, you know, we're getting more and more likes all the time. So when we hit some milestones like 75 and 100 and whatnot, you know, we'll, we'll post some fun stuff up there. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Out Now. Stay tuned, I think, after the music break. We're going to have, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Transformers just to just to really wrap up some some thoughts that take place that are more spoilery than what we've already said. But until then, yeah, uh, take it easy. Later, guys. Bye. Hey, goodbye. You got the touch. You got the power. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think we still have a few things to say about Transformers. So anyone have anything they want to bring up now? Now we're in spoiler territory. Yes, Optimus Prime is an asshole because <laughs> when, there's this, at the scene where he's like in the first fuel jet and all the Autobots like just want to you know you know basically just mess with everybody. Like, oh yeah, we're really gone, but not really. He, he and like millions of people are dead, and then he just comes back with a shotgun cavalier. Like, no, no worries, and he's like. Oh yeah, we just wanted to prove a point that the Decepticons yeah. would never leave you alone. We had to prove so that to prove a Autobots. point. <laughs> he lets millions and millions and millions of people die. He's just an, he's just a dick. I, Seriously, I think Optimus Prime is like one of the best. Like, it's like him and Gollum in terms of CG characters that have personality disorders, and I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain why. He has it's Peter Cullen's voice for Optimus Prime is so like it's so fatherly and like warm and you like really you get behind this character just because of his voice and like how well it fits this, this leader of the Autobots. Yet 
he's fucking taking out fools in these movies. Like, in yeah, the first movie, he's, like, just kill. He's just, he's punching Bone Crusher in the face. In the second movie, he, like, literally, like, destroys Megatron, then, like, rips the Fallen's face off and, like, impales him. <laughs> and then this movie, he's fighting one-handed, and he rips off Megatron's head, and then he, like, pulls out takes, his like, spine. His, yeah. Pulls out his spine, and then he, like, just, he, like, he, like, what do you do? He, he like, unremorsefully the, uh, shoots Sentinel in the Sentinel face. Sentinel Prime in the yeah. face and the chest. He, like, double taps him. <laughs> After he's, like, grabbed his... I'm, I'm glad he had an axe, finally, because that's what he has in the cartoon. He had his battle axe, and he finally, he's, like, just, like, taking the axe and going to town on Decepticons. Like, oh, my God. Honestly, he was he was Mel Gibson from The Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hacking motherfucker. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, I, I, to some like, degree, I was actually thinking to myself, oh, you know what would be awesome if they just had, like, him going on some, like, some type of, like, uh, Liam Neeson taken rage, where he just kills all these Decepticons, like, like you know, gru- or grotesquely and like brutally, and like they kind of did, but at the same time they kind of stopped. Dude, he fights dirty. He has like brass knuckles, but they're not just yeah, brass right? knuckles. They're like Wolverine claws. <laughs> He's a dirty fighter. He's like I'm surprised he didn't curb stomp anybody. <laughs> but honestly, if he curb stomped somebody, that would have been nice. And like he just the ripped out see. like Megatron's spine. It's like he spined a bifida Megatron. It was crazy. <laughs> So that's why, like, like, where can tra- where can Transformers Four go? Because there's like all the Decepticons are dead yeah. now. Like Sam, he's, he's gonna start he's gonna start raping their bodies. That's like Sa- gonna, Sam yeah. killed Starscream. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm just like, I was just mad. Like, Megatron pretty much like saved his life, and <laughs> he he doesn't try to like just calm him down. He just like like you said, flat out kills him. Yeah, that was the worst three way. <laughs> I think I think Optimus Prime it suffers from roid rage. Just, <laughs> he's fine. He's docile. He had, like, he had drugs he just, in that truck cabin too. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what he has in there. You're, like Dude, they told you in the more, movie, they did like they, they think for themselves. Like Josh Jumel's like, we don't control them. They just go wherever they want. Cause so, dude, obviously they're running drinks for the Colombians. Yeah, Clearly, like they're talking to Diego <laughs> from Blow. Like, Ener- hey, Energon, Energon crack. Yeah, I think Shallow most like improv stuff was really. It's kind of funny. Like, uh, yeah, it was I mean, yeah, I like I like him in general. I think I think he's talented as a as a young actor that has like some comedic ability. Like I think, especially watching the first, I was watching both the movies again, and like I think he's a really solid lead. It's just that yeah, this movie he's just yeah, he sells it. He's he's good at oh. selling really bad lines. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a good. He makes bad lines work. He like when he says bad lines, they don't sound bad. Yeah, he just right. makes it work. But I also like that Papa Stevens was in Nassau Control Center. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was totally into it. I was like, Papa Stevens. <laughs> It'd be kind of weird if Ren was like his next love interest. It would be. Yeah. I, I'm down though. Ren was hot. It's already, it's already been weird to see Ren popping up naked online now because she's in, she's in what, Mirrors 2? And now she, she has like nude scenes in that movie. What? <laughs> They're all over the place. Yeah. I, I'm like, wow. But one person's become one of the biggest movie stars and the other is doing nude scenes and directed DVD movies. What can I say? Ren? Set. Ren? I, she was hot. Any other spoilery talk, Transformers-related talk that we want to get into? Uh, okay, so you can re- bring back Megatron twice. You can bring back Sentinel Prime, but you can't give Bumblebee a voice. Like, that's just <laughs> not something that's... Well, I, like, think he he, just, I think he had a voice, didn't he? Well, no, but, uh, yeah, I know he's the right... But I mean, like, when he was about to get, like, executed, which was, like, a horribly melodramatic scene, by the way, <laughs> when he's, like, about to get executed, he's, like... Or, like, when he, he watches, like, one of the other ones get shot. Like, he used, he actually says something. Cause I believe he's, like, actually used, like, his voice to say something, opposed to just using the radio. Oh, I didn't... Like, does he? That. 
I'm pretty, no, I don't think so. I'm, pr- I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, like he actually like said a line in his regular like this is me actually talking voice, opposed to just using. The but radio. the whole point of him using qu- quips and quotes is that he can't. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to apply logic to this transformation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the one I'm consistent thing he had. Is, also, I think he's like Abed because Abed I, only talks like in movie lines. Oh, no, how can be? Well, I think that's that. I think that goes to my point then that he has an actual voice. He just doesn't use it. Uh, interesting. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. By the way, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, the first movie's like, I don't have a voice. Oh, at the very end, I get it again. Oh, the second movie, I don't have a voice for some reason. Whatever. <laughs> it's still kind of racist, too. It was really funny. Because Michael Bay's like, oh, you want me to take out the two... Um, Jive talking watermelon robots. Beast. Yeah, <laughs> let's take out the two racist robots. But throw in the Italian one, because that's funny. <laughs> then, oh, I don't really want to make an Asian robot. I'll just have Ken Jeong. He'll take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be every racial stereotype for an Asian. It's fine. It'll just be improv robots. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome, though, in this movie. <laughs> he is. He's like, yeah. He oh, okay, okay, so this is the movie that has Michael Bay ha- kill Ken Jeong. That's what we saw. We got to see Ken Jeong get murdered in a Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. He was suicided. It, it, it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's got. <laughs> And then, yeah, Buzz Aldrin is in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. We don't, we don't, we don't want to. Talk yeah, about I was him. like, why would you even bring him in? You know what? I don't. It didn't bother me. You know why? Because Buzz Aldrin went to the moon, and he can do whatever the fuck. He yeah, wants. I agree with that. But I was just, like, why oh. would you go in and try and alter your own history, Buzz? Why? You, 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 you know what? I, I bet like he wasn't even written in. He just came on the set one day, and he was like, "Hey, you're making a Transformers movie. I've been on the moon. I'm gonna be in it." Okay, Mike. <laughs> Dude, a, a, a player's got to eat. Like he's gotta <laughs> he doesn't eat. get it. I'm okay with him being in the movie. He's got to eat. Like I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna front. <laughs> hit the player, not the, uh, hit the game, not the player. I see. That's your second. That's your second favorite Michael Bay movie quote. Oh, is it <laughs> from Bad Boys Two? <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. They murdered Ironhide, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> they shot him in the heart. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, like I. My friend Zibs is going to be really pissed off at that. He loves Iron Knight. It's like, God, oh, they they murdered him horribly. Yeah. There was actually a lot of, like, it robot death in this movie. movie. You know, with all the robot death and how a lot of them died, I kept thinking of South Park Bigger, Longer, and Cut. <laughs> because that was a cartoon, they just went, you know, balls out with how graphic it can be. And yeah. here, I just think Michael Bay is like, it's PG-13. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to do what I've always wanted to do. <laughs> and just, like, rip out spines and just... Oh, it was nice. Kill. The building scene, which we haven't really talked about, that right. was really cool. Was cool I, I, I really, I enjoyed that a lot. Actually, I enjoyed it until they jumped out the window. It just didn't. The fire escape. It wasn't even a fire escape. They just slid down I the side. Really and cool. then they I thought, shot. Oh, that part. I thought yeah. that was. Yeah. I thought that was oh, cool. That's, like that's I, cool. I, 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 I like. I liked it because I didn't know where it was going. Also, that's why I liked it. Like I wasn't just like when they jumped out of the building. What's gonna happen now? Oh, they're shooting down. Okay, they're back inside the building. They're sliding down. The building's falling over. They're sliding some more. There's a fire. So all this stuff's happening. The giant worm things there. Then Optimus comes in. It's like all these things were happening at the same. I was like, all right, this is this is a like, lot of. It creative. was exhilarating. I'm not gonna get you wrong. Yeah, like, I, I was like, oh, but I didn't see how like the editing was bad on that scene for me. Mm. Because I just think the editing was made by three different, like the editing was made by three, three, three different people, but I don't think any of them work together. Yeah, it just seems like oh, let's just you know, I don't care, just I got nothing to show. Let's just go black for like two seconds. I I, I agree with you on that, just because I agree with Jordan's point about how there's no real momentum in these action scenes. Like there's it just kind of, things just kind of happen that are actiony and look great, but like really, what does it mean? So on that level, I agree with you. But yeah, I still I was still very entertained by the fact that there is a giant building falling over in this movie because of a giant centipede transformer wrapping itself around and blowing all kinds of foundation out from under it. 
Oh, I was down when that shockwave thing showed up. I was like, yes, more. Because I love the Kraken from Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's a robotic Kraken. I'm down with this. Let's let's mess stuff up. Let's have more of that. I want a movie on that. See, I like that stuff because that's the best kind of special effects where you're interacting with the environment. And it's very literal. Like, it's going yeah. through pieces of the world that exists already. Like, so that's that was very well handled. Something that wasn't done so in Revenge of, Revenge of the Fallen. Didn't um, James Remar voice... Um... Who, who was he? he? He was one of the um, voices. I'm trying to... Jazz. I'm just... <laughs> jazz. Now, everyone knows that was Eddie Winslow. Yeah, it was Eddie Winslow. Eddie Winslow yeah. was jazz. Yeah, James Remar was Sideswipe. Yeah, who has like one line. And I think his line is Sideswipe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's like The Rock. He talks He talks in the third person. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I do like continuing to hear um, Hugo weaving his Megatron all the time. Just, yeah. Like, Even though he only had like four lines in this movie. Yeah, Megatron didn't have much to say, yeah, but every time Hugo weaving... chilling in a fucking alleyway like with rats. And just, yeah, what was going on? That's I don't know. He's like, I'm so fucking emo like, and hipster you know. that I don't have to join this battle. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, he's just like sitting in like a dumpster and like wrote what Rose Huntington Whitley comes up. God, I got to say her whole name apparently. Rose Huntington Whitley comes up and it's just like, I'm going to talk down to Megatron right now and show him what's <laughs> up. And, and then he like, he like raised his fist at her. He's like, no, I don't need to kill the human. Cause I have to deal with this robot that's stealing my thunder. So he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> he was really morose. Like I'm surprised. I'm surprised he wasn't wearing like Toms and listening to Elliot Smith. It was just. I'm surprised he didn't he have like, had it on fucking robot dreads and didn't wash his hair. Well, he had uh, his he had his fucking grimy cape that he was wearing and like little robot bugs crawling inside of him and out. So were they trying to repair him or were they just random bugs? Again, you're asking me to apply some kind of logic to the <laughs> condition of. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. And he was like feeding them. What was he feeding them? I don't know. What was I, going. He was feeding. I never them. saw an optimal. I never saw a machine eat. <laughs> I heard that um, Amber Heard was uh, in the talks to play the uh, female lead. I think that would have been awesome. Well, now she's well. She was already driving angry, and now she'll be in some Playboy show. So I mean, yeah. everything worked out for the best, I think. Yeah. So if if you could uh, have your choice of a director for a fourth one, who would it be? Fourth Transformers movie. Who would it be that I want to make like a good? You know, movie? I thought about that yeah. too, and I thought about that like, during the action sequence, like kind of. Towards... Fuck it, Spielberg. Spielberg. Spielberg? But Spielberg, yeah. Spielberg or James Cameron? Just shoot for the moon. Why oh, not? that would be good with James Cameron. But I was like, I don't. Yeah, know. Why, did, why not just get two the guys that made the two like two of the best, some of the best action movies of all time? Let's yeah. just do that. James Cameron, Steven Spielberg. Well, yeah. I was thinking just for the action. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if Ridley Scott would ever do like robot action, but that'd be interesting. Is there, I don't, I'm trying to think of what my realistic answer would be, like, who would actually be able to sign up for a movie like this? Like, I don't know. I thought of a Gore Verbinski, but, I mean, he would probably yeah. never do it. He, I think Gore, Gore Verbinski has too much personality he'd want to bring to something better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a, bio, I, I thought, like a Bioshock movie that I want to see, but will never happen. Like, his sense of humor would be so appropriate for this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be a good fit. I, I don't know. I want to go with someone younger. Like, I think Duncan Jones could do something interesting. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, yeah. yeah. Sean Levy. <laughs> <laughs> Mick G. <laughs> yeah, Mick G. Catherine Bigelow. I think Catherine Bigelow might be a good Oh, yeah. I think or uh, Joe Carnahan. Joe, oh, dude. Car- flying tanks. Cool. I'm Joe done. Carnahan. I, I like that idea. I like that. I legitimately like that idea. Actually, that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, so yeah, that, I think that's a, enough spoiler talk about Transformers. So uh, yeah, now officially we are gone until next week. So goodbye, bye. Later, folks. Bye. Bye.